guys. It's good to see all of you. And um, man, it's been a great time as we've been in a series called Forward. I hadn't planned to do a series. Uh, it started off as just one sermon, but that sermon just kept going forward week after week. And now we here are in week three of the Forward series. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to book of Acts chapter 2. But while you're doing that, I want to welcome all of our church family that's joining us online. We have people today that are in Chicago. We have people in Massachusetts, Portland, Seattle, uh, Tulsa, Mexico, Arizona, Colorado. Can we welcome Ohio? Let's welcome all of our church family that's joining us today. Wow. You know, I do like to start with something funny. And I heard the story about this single man who was living at home with his elderly father who happened to be very wealthy. One day he decided that, you know, I need to find a wife so that I have someone to share with me all of this wealth that one day I'm going to inherit. Just so happened the next day he ended up at an investment meeting. And at that investment meeting across the room was the most beautiful woman he had ever seen. It took his breath away. So he decided to walk up to her. And he walked up to her and he said, ma'am, I know that I may look just like an ordinary guy, but one day I'm going to inherit hundreds of millions of dollars when my father dies. Well, this woman was impressed and she took his card. And three months later, she married his father. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Just making sure you all pay attention this morning. Let I me mean, know oh, women are smart. Come on now. Got any smart women out there? Say amen. <laughs> Uh, well, you know what? This is an exciting weekend to finish forward because this weekend is Pentecost weekend. And what I want to do is I want to read some of the story that took place on Pentecost. Now, typically, when you teach on this part of the Bible, Acts chapter 2, many times you're actually teaching on spiritual language. But today, I want to kind of take a broader approach as we've been talking about going forward because this is the day that theologians call the church's birthday. This is when the church launched forward. 3,000 were saved. The church began. It was an amazing launching forward. And how many know that God has called us to launch forward? The Bible says we're to hold on the progress that we've made. We need to quit looking at the past and we need to look forward. And we've learned about forward effort. We've learned about forward vision, right? Learned about forward progress. Last week we learned about overcoming discouragement. So I want you to stand to your feet if you will. All of those that are joining us online, if you want to do that, stand to your feet. We're going to go to Acts chapter 2. And we're going to read a little bit about Pentecost weekend, what happened on Pentecost Sunday. Everybody read this with me loudly. I want to hear you. Let's read it together. Ready? On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. And began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. They were filled with the Spirit of the living God. Will you just close your eyes and open your heart and maybe just say a prayer. Holy Spirit, fill me afresh today. When you accepted Christ, you were filled with the Spirit, but sometimes life can just kind of beat out of us and take the space that was meant for His power and His presence. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Speak today. 
on Pentecost Sunday. Fill us and move us forward. Say this with me. Say, Holy Spirit, take me forward. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated today. People have gathered from all over the world in Jerusalem on Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday was a festival that the children of Israel celebrated and they came together. So people were there from all around the world when suddenly there came this mass, massive sound from heaven, tongues of fire fell, the disciples, apostles started speaking in other languages and the people ran to the sound and they began to hear them. And as they heard them, people began to, to mock and say, well, this is crazy. These people must be drunk. Something's going on. And that's when we pick up in the story and you're gonna see something interesting in this passage about Peter when the Spirit of God comes. The Bible says that when all this took place, then Peter stepped, what? Wow, isn't that interesting? Right in the middle of the day of Pentecost. Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Paul says, let me pause there for a second. Paul says that this promise is for you and to your children and to all who will come. In other words, God said, I'm pouring out my spirit in the future forever and ever on men and women that my spirit will flow through them. They're gonna prophesy. And then he says this, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How many say amen for that promise? And then the Bible says, then Peter continued preaching for a long time. That right there is a, a passage that is... Um, something that helps me when I'm a long preacher. Okay, and uh, then it says in verse 41, those who believed Peter said, uh, believed that Peter, what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. Wow. That's how the church began. With a long-winded preacher, an altar call, an outpouring of his spirit, and the church launched forward. What I want to do today is take this passage and talk about some bigger thoughts than just spiritual language and the outpouring of the spirit in that, in that way. We believe in that, that the things of God are for today here at Higher Vision Church. And I think there's some big principles here that as we look at the church, how it moved forward, it'll help you and I move forward. How many want to move forward? All right, so here's the first thing we need to do if we're going to move forward, taking this story. Ready, number one, write this down if you're taking notes, and that's this. Move forward with God's presence. Guys, if you'll bring that up. Move forward with God's presence. The key to moving forward is connected to God's presence. And I'm going to show you where I saw that in an interesting way that I'd never seen before. It says, on the day of what? Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. We know that the Holy Spirit is the presence of God. When you get saved, you receive the Holy Spirit. Many believe and we believe that there's also a, 
a separate experience that you can experience of an overwhelming empowerment and, and baptism of his spirit, which can be manifest in different ways. And, but when I began to look at this, I began to realize, and, and I, I looked at this passage from the old traditional uh, translation that I grew up on, the, the King James Version, which says it this way. It says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. How many remember that translation? And what it told me was that God chose specifically when he was going to release this power, this gift, the presence, the Spirit of God. He didn't do it a day early. He didn't do it a day after. He did it when Pentecost had come. So is there something there that we need to understand and learn? And I, as I began to look at it, the Lord kind of showed me something that I believe God chose Pentecost because it has to do with if we're going to move forward, we need his presence. You see, the word Pentecost is a Greek word which means 50. And the, the reason 50 is significant is because Pentecost, or as the Jewish people celebrated Shavuot, Shavuot was called the Feast of Harvest. The Feast of Harvest happened 50 days after the celebration of first fruits. So they would celebrate first fruits, and then 50 days later was Pentecost. All right? And what they would do at this celebration is they would come from all over the world. They would come to Jerusalem. When they got to Jerusalem, they would go to the temple. They'd go to the tabernacle, and they would then bring two loaves of freshly baked bread. Not unleavened bread like on Passover, but bread with yeast. So there were these two big beautiful loaves of bread that were from the harvest that had just been brought in. There were two harvests in Israel. There was a harvest usually in May, June, and then there was a harvest in the fall. So in the first harvest of the year, the, the wheat harvest, they would bring these two loaves, they would bring them to the temple, the priest then would take them as they were offered as a sacrifice of worship, and they would be waved before the Lord. Isn't it interesting? In worship today, we lift our hands and wave our hands in the air like we really do care. And um, <laughs> the, way, the, the, the waving of the bread was to symbolize that God, we acknowledge that you are present in Israel because you have provided for our needs. The fact that we have provision means that you're present, you're here, and you're taking care of us. I mean, isn't it good to know that God is present? That on the day that we're to remember that God is present, he sent his spirit, which is always with us. Wow. It's almost as if God was kind of doing a double positive to make sure we understand that, in fact, in the, the, the Old Testament, that there was in the tabernacle and in the temple, there was the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of God, and before that was the, the veil, and that was the Holy of Holies, and in the holy place was a table, and on the table was the showbread, which was the bread of presence. God was saying on Pentecost, I've chosen this day to remind you that if you're going to move forward, you can't do it without me. And so here's the good news. I came and I poured out my spirit so that you would know that I am present. You know, I have a, a friend who passed away several years ago. His name was Chuck. 
He was on our board of directors. He helped launch Higher Vision Church. What's interesting is when he passed away, um, they discovered that he had really made sure that he had taken care of his family because he didn't have a life insurance. He had multiple life insurances. And when those life insurances paid out, they had several million dollars that they were able to put into an account and they had someone that was directed to handle and manage the money. And and so throughout the life of his wife and their two little girls, when his two little girls got to the age where they went and got their driver's license, mom then said, come with me. And they drove to a, a, a car place and bought him a car. And what did that say? Here's what it said. It said, hey, listen, I know your dad isn't here in the flesh, but he's still present because he's taking care of your need. In fact, if you read what Jesus said, here's what Jesus said in John 14, verse 6. John 14, verse 6 says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. You see, God isn't an absentee father because of Pentecost. Because every time that you come together, every time you get paid, every time you experience healing, every time you hear a revelation that touches your heart, you see, here's what God's saying. Listen, you are not alone. And the way that you're going to move forward is when you remember that you have my presence because I'm providing for you. We need his presence. You know, as we, as we read this passage, and I kind of started looking at, at Shavuot, and I thought, wow, how beautiful to know that I have the presence of the Lord. And, and what a beautiful perspective to go, man, you know what? And just, this just happened to us. We had a situation, and we didn't know how we were going to take care of it financially. How many have ever been in that place? And suddenly, God showed up right in the middle of it, and provided like two-thirds of what we needed to come up with. God provided it miraculously for us. You know what that told me? He is present. Aren't you thankful for the presence of the Lord? So we move forward with God's presence. Amen. Number two, write this down if you're taking notes, and that is we move forward with God's perspective. We move forward with God's perspective. Now, before we dive into a verse, I want to talk to you about Shavuot for a minute. And Shavuot is the the Passover celebrated by the Jewish people. Obviously, the Jewish people don't celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit. They celebrate the bread of harvest, the feast of harvest. But over time in the Jewish faith, it is transformed a little bit. And now, a lot of the focus of Shavuot... The the rabbis did a study on kind of the timetable and according to rabbinic calculations, they believe that thousands of years ago on the exact day of what Pentecost or Shavuot would be happened to be the exact day that God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. So interestingly, as Christians, we celebrate the birth of Christian faith came on Pentecost And then thousands of years before that, the Jewish people celebrate the birth of their faith on Shavuot on Pentecost. In other words, it was on that day that God said, not only do you have my presence, but now you have my word, which is there to give you a different perspective on how you should live your life. You have my word to guide your steps. What does the Bible say? My word shall be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I know I've been talking about that the last few weeks, right? That we need a different perspective. 
And as I looked at Pentecost, I realized that Pentecost isn't just about his presence. Pentecost is about a new perspective. Now, maybe you haven't thought of this, but let's look at what the Bible says in John 16, 13, because that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, eventually, you're going to have Pentecost. Eventually, there's going to be an outpouring of my spirit. And when my spirit comes, when the spirit of truth comes, he will, what? You into all what? A different perspective is going to happen because my presence, when it comes, it's going to give you a different perspective. Because he's going to guide you. The word guide there is a verb which means to lead or to show the way. You know what's interesting is as Christians, first of all, as the Jewish people on Shavuot, when they got the Ten Commands, how many know that suddenly their perspective changed and they realized, oh, wait a minute, I got to tell the truth now because it's important for me to be in right standing with God and with my neighbor. See, they got a different perspective on how to live. What's really cool is that on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, we, we see the same thing. And I want to dive into that in a minute. But can I tell you, when you and I accept Jesus Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us a different perspective. Some of you read the Bible before you got saved. And in the words of my father, when you read it, it was just a bunch of hogwash. By the way, he's from Arkansas, if you haven't figured that out. How many of you, when you read the Bible before you were a Christian, it just didn't seem to make any sense? Come on, wave at me. How many of you, when you became a Christian, you started reading the Bible, suddenly everything seemed different and you saw all of the truth and all of the, why? Because the Holy Spirit came, not just for his presence, but his presence gives us a new understanding, a perspective of life. And what I love is if you take this even deeper in the story, let's go to Acts chapter two, verse 14. Because the Bible says that when Peter received the Holy Spirit, now there's a whole theological conversation we could have because before the day of Pentecost came, this similar type of thing took place at least one time that we know of when they were, they were finding the 12th apostle. But for sake of, of time, we're not going to get into that because I think there's some things we could talk about in that. But let's go now to what Peter says. Peter sees a situation. Everybody's speaking in other languages. People are calling them crazy. And what happens? Because Peter has the presence of the Lord, now suddenly there's a new perspective. And when he even looks at the Bible, it, different things start to pop out. He starts to see new things. Kind of like what we talked about when you receive Christ and, and the Holy Spirit's in your life and you read the Bible and suddenly now God's showing you in your devotions how this and that and what this is. And that's exactly what happens to Peter. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 apostles, shouted to the crowd, hey, what you're seeing I didn't know this before, by the way. I've read this a thousand times, by the way, and I've never seen it before. But you see, I just got filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, Pentecost has come. And because I have the Spirit of the Lord, this was predicted a long time ago by the prophet Joel. And then we go on to read that in the last days, he says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. You know what's interesting? He basically says, I've read that passage a thousand times, but I never saw what I see now. My perspective has been changed. My situation that I saw one way looks totally different now. And then he even says it in the passage. He says, and by the way, everybody, men, women, young, old, are going to start to see differently and speak differently. 
a change of perspective. I mean, how amazing is it that the Holy Spirit now is starting to reveal truth to us because some of us need a perspective change. Some of us may be in the middle of a situation and we don't know what to do. Some of us may be in a situation and there's confusion all around like Peter. But aren't you thankful that now we have Pentecost? Now we have the Spirit because the Spirit now can take your situation and when you go to the Word, it will lift the words off the page. It will bring truth. It will bring a relevancy to your life so that you know how to step forward into the process and purposes of God. Now, let me just say, when you're reading the Bible and God shows you something that's there you hadn't seen before, always make sure that you, especially if it's a directive thing, if it's something that's just encouragement-oriented, like God loves you or things like that that are in Scripture, you don't need to do this. Just receive it. If it's directional, like you need to go somewhere or sell something or buy this or move to Zimbabwe or go to the Czech Republic. How many know you need to get with someone and you need to get confirmation and you need to seek the Lord and all of that? And it should line up with God's overall counsel, what we see in Scripture. You all with me? But you see, God begins to reveal truth through His Word. It's not one layer. It's three-dimensional. And He'll begin to show you things. I'll never forget that happened to me a few years ago. I was asked to speak at a revival that was happening in Florida and they had had two million people come to that revival. People flying in from around the world. Hundreds of, I think somewhere around, I don't even know how many, almost 100,000 people had been saved. It was an amazing revival and they'd asked me to come and speak to the worship leaders that had come from around the world. There were a thousand worship leaders there. They asked me to come and, and preach. And so I was there and I knew that God wanted me to speak on kind of the idea of the, the prophetic nature of God in worship and how the two work together. God had given me a, a really cool revelation in the Old Testament with Saul before he became king and how that Samuel had said, God has his hand on you, go back and on the way, the spirit of God will come upon you and you're gonna begin to prophesy, the Bible talked about, and when that happens, you're gonna be transformed into a new person and whatever you need to do, go ahead because God is with you. So I had this revelation stern in my heart about the prophetic and about worship. And so when I got kind of done studying, I'm like, God, this is really awesome, but I'd love to see it in the New Testament. Now, it's late at night. I've got to get up the next morning and speak. It's around midnight. So I'm like, God, if you could just show me in the New Testament an example of this, it would really be awesome. And God speaks to me and he says, I heard him in my heart, read Acts. Now, for some of you, you may not be like this, but I was just real honest. I'm like, God, Acts? That's the longest book in the New Testament. <laughs> I mean, could you get a little more specific? You know, we now have it broken down into chapter one, chapter two. You know, we've got all that. So could you just give me the address? You know, Acts is a long book. It's midnight. I got to get up and minister for you. Could you just give me the address? And God speaks to me, literally. That's what I felt he said. No, start at the beginning. So I continue arguing with God. And I'm like, God, I don't understand. I already know the beginning. I was in Bible quizzing and I can tell you it's in the first chapter. The first chapter, Jesus is gonna ascend to heaven. And before he ascends to heaven, he looks at his disciples and says, go and wait for the promise. And when the promise comes, you're gonna receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And then we get to chapter two. And chapter two, the Holy Spirit comes. There's a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared cloven tongues as a fire and it sat upon each of them. And I'm quoting the Bible to, G to God. And God says, no, start at the beginning. And so I began reading and I read 
I get through chapter one and I get to chapter two. And by the time I get to chapter two, I'm like, really, God, I, I literally memorized this in my Bible classes. I will quote it to you. Can I just give me the passage? He says, keep reading. And I begin reading about the day of Pentecost. And on the day of Pentecost, how the Holy Spirit came, right? And we just read it a moment ago. And the Bible says that they began to speak in other languages and the people came and began to listen to them. It says Parthians, Medes, Elamites, all of these. And then it says, we hear them speaking and declaring the wonderful works of God. And then God stopped me. He said, okay, now go back and read that again. We hear them speaking and declaring the wonderful works of God. And then God stops me. He said, hey, you know that thing about worship and the prophetic and how that when that happens, it's an atmosphere where you changed and you just step forward into that moment and God will be with you and anything can happen. He said, first of all, Jared, what were they saying on the day of Pentecost as they were speaking in other languages? Because I just told you. And for the first time in my life, I'd never seen it before, I realized, and I looked up at God, I literally looked up at heaven and I said, God, I can't believe it. They were worshiping. The Bible says they were declaring the wonderful works of God. They were worshiping on the day of Pentecost. How many know you can't get any more prophetic than to worship in a language you don't even know? Come on now, somebody. And now we see worship and we see the prophetic and then God said, now watch what happens. Remember Peter, the guy who denied that he knew Jesus? The same guy we just read, stepped forward with boldness, began to declare and preach the gospel and 3,000 people get saved and the church is launched. Man, I tell you, when I read that, I literally jumped up out of the bed. I did a somersault and I started shouting and praising God at 12 o'clock at night and they sent someone from the desk to tell me to be quiet. <laughs> someone complained point I'm making is because I was in his presence he gave me a new perspective we need his his spirit we need the spirit of the living God we need his presence you need to know you have his presence because when you know you have his presence when you begin to dive into your circumstance or your situation when you begin to dive into your study when you begin to dive into reading the word I'm going to tell you God will begin to show you truth and what was awesome is the next day I went and I began to preach a revelation that I've never heard taught anywhere in the world I still have never heard it taught anywhere in the world it's totally biblical it's right there and I tell you what when I shared it the Holy Spirit dropped like a bomb in that place. People began to cry and weep and call upon God. And God touched a thousand nations because when you get in his presence, you get a new perspective. Come on, somebody say amen. So we have to move forward because of his presence and we have to move forward because of a new perspective, that's how we move forward. And the third thing we see in the story that's interesting is we move forward with God's power. Somebody say power. power. Somebody say God's power. power. So one of the ways we move forward is with God's power. Let's go back to Acts chapter one, verse eight. Here's what it says. Jesus is talking about when when Pentecost is gonna come. He's talking about when the Spirit's gonna be poured out. And here's what he says. He says, but you will receive what? Bam. You will receive what? Bam! Power! When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will then be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. And then it goes in the list all the places from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria and the ends of the earth. It's interesting, the word power there is the, the Greek word dunamis. Dunamis is a word which means uh, mighty, 
It has an explosive nature to it. When I think of dunamis, it makes me think of the word dynamite. How many know dynamite's explosive? And so the scripture is talking about that when, when we receive this spirit, when Pentecost comes, it gives us power, kind of this explosive thing. And let me tell you something about explosives. Explosive, whether it's dynamite or C2 or, or whatever that stuff is that they use in the movies. And um, what that, that, that explosive thing does, two things. First, if you're trying to build a highway and there's a mountain in your way, what do you do? You use something explosive so that you can remove what's in the way to make room for something else. And one of the things that God is doing, I believe, through this story is if we're going to move forward, the reason some of us can't move forward is because there are things that are still in the way that we need the power of God because we can't do it on our own, but the power of the Spirit within us can remove what's in the way to make room for something else. Come on, somebody say amen. Some of you, it's that addiction. Some of you, it's that unforgiveness. For some of us, it's that doubt and that fear. For some of us, it's that generational flaw. Well, my mom gossips, so it's just who I am. God's saying, listen, the only way you're going to move forward is you need the power of dunamis. You need the power of my spirit to explode the things that have become a stronghold and are holding on in your life so that I can remove the stronghold to make room for freedom, to make room for hope, to make room for the promises that I have for you. Amen. The second thing about this word dunamis is that explosive things don't just remove what's in the way to make room for something else. If you use explosives correctly, a controlled explosion can actually be, if it's put in the right place and it was, it's channeled in the right way, can actually be something to propel you forward. See, many of us, it's that gravity holding us back. But you see, when the Holy Spirit comes, they're going to show you this little video right now. When the Holy Spirit comes, the gravity that's holding you back now suddenly can't hold you back anymore because the controlled explosion, the focused power has the ability to lift you and propel you forward. Some of you have been trying to get to the next level, to move to another place in your spirit. And you've been trying it in the flesh and you've been, been trying it with a certain prayer. But what you need is just an overflow dose of the Holy Ghost of the power of the Spirit of God to thrust you forward. Too many of us keep singing, gravity is working against me. Gravity always brings me down. It's time for you to quit singing the song gravity and start singing the atmosphere is changing now because the Spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around that the Spirit of the Lord is here. 
You see, when we read this story, that's exactly what we find. Let me, let me show you a verse real quick, though, that's really cool, because we talked about the power of the Spirit is there to help us remove some things, to live godly and not live in an unrighteous way. The power of the Spirit helps us to, to, to begin to change and to grow and become like Christ, to not live in the old patterns. And it also gives us the power to grab a hold of the life and promises. In fact, look what 2 Peter says. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, His divine what? His divine what? You know what that word is? Dunamis. Same word. Holy Spirit power is here and has been given to us all, or has been given to us all things. It's, this power has given us all things. And what are those things? Things that pertain to godliness, the explosive nature to get rid of what's holding you back, and only that but also to life, to grab a hold and step forward into life, to live life to the full. God wants to propel you forward. That's why if you read the scripture, it says that you'll receive dunamis or dunamis, the power, and then you'll be my witness. And you launch from Jerusalem into Judea into Samaria, into the uttermost ends of the earth. In other words, God wants to, to propel you forward. But the key is you got to have his presence to change your perspective so that you can stand in his power. It's not by might. It's not by power, not this world's power, your power, but it's by my spirit, Amen. by his dunamis, says the Lord. Why don't you just close your eyes for a second?